Hi, this is Marisha from Love Your Creativity. Hope you're having a great bank holiday weekend. On this week's newsletter, we're first of all going to have a look at strong and wrong, being strong and wrong as this week's topic. And then we're going to do some tracking, mine and yours, to see how we fared on our creativity this week. Strong and wrong. When I was learning to be a jazz musician, I was always taught to be slightly flat or slightly sharp. So when I was playing a flat note, making extra flat, you know, a blues note and sharp, extra sharp, just slightly, just to really cut the edge and to always be strong and wrong. So if you're going to go for a note, so if you're going to go for a note, just go for it and live in that space. And there are umpteen times, certainly within jazz music, where there's these great stories of people hitting wrong notes. Herbie Hancock actually um, talks about this in a foreword for a Buddhist book, and he said he was playing with Miles Davis once, and he'd gone for a chord and mishit a note and hit it so hard and so wrong that the only thing he could do was hit it again. And he looked at Miles Davis, who just nodded wisely at him as if to say, I'm feeling you, man. And they carried on. And afterwards, Herbie was like, I'm really sorry about the, the, the note. He went, no, I just, those are the those are the bread and butter notes. Those are the butter notes that give you extra crunch. The reason I'm talking about strong and wrong is because I always do strong and wrong. I'm always getting there and do it. And I do get criticised for it. And then, of course, I have to listen and learn. But equally, when you have a go at something, just go and have a go. This weekend, I was given the fantastic opportunity to be given a megaphone and we were, there were six of us, and we were had one rehearsal, literally one rehearsal, for about an hour, where we worked out some improv on a tune I didn't know, and then given some advice on how to use the megaphone and not kill the small children. Because the idea is we were paying, playing, uh, we were doing six bits of solos around the South Bank and the Royal Festival Hall, and then we came together on the balcony and sang in their choir, and then the brass band came in, and we were told to all wear white, and I just thought, oh my God, this is some of my ex-boyfriend's idea of hell, me dressed in white with a megaphone. I mean, if they died and went to heaven and saw me there with a megaphone, they'd be like, "That's please send me to hell, because I can't possibly, if this is heaven, God help me. So on the back of that, I was, I just thought, oh, what a fantastic experience, and so I'm just gonna play a couple of tiny little clips of what we all did together, just now. King has been running for Islam at the South Bank for a few years now and is actually leaving this weekend. She'd said to us at the rehearsal, I've picked you guys, hand-picked you guys, because I need you all to have no fear. I need you to be happy to be strong and wrong. Because when you give someone a megaphone, and it was quite tightly choreographed, the idea is that she knows, especially with crowds, that you are going to come up to all kinds of problems with that. I certainly know I had a big X marks my spot on the balcony overlooking the river where the crowds were below, and I got there and there were these people standing there and they were not moving. And I needed to put the megaphone there because I didn't want to blast a crowd behind me. And it was all part of the choreography. So you need to be able to not panic when it goes wrong, as it probably will. So it's interesting. I was given this opportunity to do this. I remember last year on Marathon Day, I was going as one of the sopranos down to see Mary King because she was auditioning at 10 a.m. in the morning, which is early on a Sunday morning for a soprano. 
because she wanted to know who she was going to let sing the top C's and one of the concerts we were doing at the Royal Festival Hall. And the reason is because she said, a lot of you can hit top C's, but I want it just to be naturally in your voice. And us sopranos, we get a bit competitive. And you know, being able to sing a high note is it's kind of silly, really, because it's how your voice box is built and how you are genetically put together and training as well. But a lot of it is pure genetics. And there's some fantastic mezzo voices out there. And it'd be a lot more useful for me to be a mezzo, but or at least a proper mezzo, whereas I can sing these really silly high notes, which I love, but it's a bit useless in most days of the week and a bit painful when I'm in a, in a bar screaming my head off. But anyway, I was one of a, a three at the four. Then she said, well, you guys can do the really top harmony there, which I was super pleased about. And it's lovely to sing top notes there in the Royal Festival Hall. But I remember having done that on Marathon Sunday that day. The next day I was doing some studying well, the director was taking the whole course, really didn't like my voice. She didn't like my singing voice. She felt I was damaging my voice. She didn't like the way, it, she just didn't like it. And she told me. And I just thought, wow, it's so interesting. I've got someone who really doesn't like the way I speak and sing. And I, equally, I've got Mary King at the South Bank who will happily let me sing and has kept inviting me back to sing. So the reason I'm saying this is when people criticise you or say no or put you down, Yes, you do have to hear what they're saying. And if you feel that they're people, you should take the advice, work on it. I've certainly continued working on my voice and moving forward and making it better and stronger. But equally, don't let it stop you doing what you dream about, because that's where when we lay our dreams down, because our families didn't like us practicing or our dad doesn't doesn't get what we want to do for a living or you get criticism from the teacher. When you, let that, when you let that kind of criticism stop you doing the thing you love, then life is becomes sad. And, and I just like the fact, oh, I love the fact, that actually, I'm completely bullheaded sometimes because at least I've got up and done things. And yet again, running around the South Bank with a large megaphone in hand was just joyous and just part of having a community and then standing on the balcony singing Jerusalem and Waterloo Sunset with the crowds below and lots of other people in a brass band it was just but I wouldn't be doing any of that if, quite frankly if I'd listened to some people who said I don't like your voice so or give me bad reviews when I started singing etc so yes take constructive criticism but then really dismiss it and move off some people will never like what you do and you just it's pointless arguing about it just be polite and move on and dismiss them so today I'd like you for your 30 minute task to put your timer on and write down two or three comments that I know you've got in your head that have stuck in your head probably all your life. Negative comments, two or three people have said. And every creative has, has these, that they, they stick and they gnaw. I want you to write these comments down on three separate pieces of paper or if there's only two, two separate pieces of paper. It's not nice looking at these horrible things people have said or they didn't mean to be so horrible, but it hurt you. But once you've written these three things down, look at each one. And kind of sit in how you felt and have write for a couple of minutes on each one about how you feel you behaved after that comment creatively. Did you go and learn more? Did you stop doing whatever it was? Did you get really upset and go out and get trashed and sleep with someone inappropriate? How was it that you reacted to this real negative comments and has that negative comment stayed with you? And why is it still quite near your surface? 
And then there's a few ways you can do this. Whatever way works for you, I don't mind. You could burn some incense and a candle and one by one burn those pieces of paper with that negative comment on. And as you do so, saying the prayer in whatever form of philosophy or religion you want for the happiness of that person. It's normally only unhappy people who make negative comments that really hurt you and stay with you. And then also for, pray for your ability to heal and move forward from that. If you don't like doing it that way, if you don't want to burn things and think of it that way, then I suggest you look at it like it's a yellowing piece of paper, an old, old newspaper script, tiny, tiny one that then crumbles. So I like the burning because it turns to ash. For me, it's quite cathartic. But whatever you do is you throw away those ashes or you throw it in the bin, those comments, literally throw it out of your life and make for each one of those negative comments a positive affirmation, not a pie in the sky one but something like if someone said you can't sing then for example or i don't like the way your voice sounds in that particular range then make an affirmation that for the next seven days you will spend 10 minutes a day making positive choices about practicing to make that element better or if you feel that what they said had no value then make a positive thing well they didn't like my art but so to next week i'm going to produce a new piece of art and i'm going to post it online make a really strong positive affirmation which is an action-based thing for your creativity moving forward because from there you're dismissing what they've said to you and you are moving forward from a creatively fantastic place so use their negativity as a, a power to move forward michael jordan was always renowned for never being someone to criticise before a game or yell things when you were playing with him. Because if he was criticised, he'd come back harder and stronger and full of venom and fight. Find that in yourself. So have a go at that. Be strong and wrong. Go on, just have a go. Even if you've got three people telling you you can't draw to save your life, go and book on a, a drawing class. Go and draw something. Go now and take your pad and sketch the moon or the sun or an old man crossing the river saying, I don't care what you think, I'm going to do it anyway. Because that's what you need to be as a creative artist. You need to be strong enough to hear people take constructive criticism where you can and move forward. So that's that. So now it is. It's tracking time. Time, time to track. Time, time to track. This will make your creativity grow. So the questions are, and as I said, they're in the podcast notes and the show notes, and they're also on the blog. How many CVs and emails did you send out for creative work in the last seven days? How many creative jobs did you actually do, whether it was eight shows a week, a gallery opening, or just you sang a song in a hospital? How many auditions and meetings for creative projects did you take? How many classes and workshops did you do this week? How much practice have you done this week? How much each day? How much money have you made through your creative pursuits this week? What marketing of your creative output did you do? And what revenue generation plans have you put in place? And lastly, did you learn or see anything new or worth exploring creatively? Now, obviously, if you're listening to this in the car, you're going to have to stop and start and have a thing. So this last week for me creatively has been magnificent in terms of uh, the reach of what we did on Saturday. But elsewhere, it has not been great. But still, it was very nice when I was cleaning up my old flat on Monday to get a call saying, oh, that part that you auditioned for, 
I think it was months ago, we're definitely doing it. I'd like to offer you the part. And I thought, well, that's nice. You know, still things are coming through. So I've got to go carry on with that. So there we are. I've been tracking. I hope you're tracking. Feel free to make comments. Be strong and wrong. And um, I will be back later in the week. Keep on tracking. And let's hope we can all make this week a more creatively fulfilling week. You might have had a killer week, but I certainly didn't on that way. So, all right. Well, lovely to speak to you guys. And um, I will speak to you in the week. My, I'm daily blogging a series on how to be successful, dream, create and make money in the arts. I am blogging at least five days a week, Monday through Friday, and all on the different aspects of it. And uh, I'm certainly enjoying it and I'm getting some quite positive comments already from people through the various groups I'm part of because it is something I can talk quite knowledgeably about. If you want to check one of those out, please do. This is Marisha from loveyourcreativity.com. Thank you.